0: All right. Well, here we, you know, ah yes, lots of trades breaking around the NHL. We will get to those before that, though. Want to just do a shout out to our favorite people, Boxing Rock Brewing Co. This is the IPA. Absolutely delicious beer. We usually do the puck off. Don't have one at hand at the moment. There's more coming to the door. Always great to have the big beer for the big game. Thank you, Boxing Rock, for supporting Offside Hockey Talk. All right, let's get into the uh, the nitty-gritty here. There's something to happen on the ice that should not happen on the ice. Absolutely disgusting. You don't do this. Keandre Miller knew better. He could see it on his face. He knew after he did it that he done fucked up. And we look back. We were just talking before we jumped on about Brendan Lemieux, how he bit someone, got five games. I think Keandre Miller is either going to get five to ten on this one uh, that's despicable. You don't do that stuff. It's just gross. Why would you resort to spitting on someone if you're that mad? You know, drop your gloves, chuck some nucks. You know, do something else. But just hawking a loogie in a guy's face probably hit his visor. But this oh, yeah. gnarly man—just the thought of it turns my stomach. Like, what are you doing? You're you're in the highest league in the world playing hockey for millions of dollars. And your response to a guy is to hold back and go in his face. Come on. That's the most disrespectful thing you can do. Other than be Jake Paul and lose to Tommy Fury.
1: I have a question. And it's only due to like racial shit that happens on the ice. If something racially had been said towards him, how do you feel about that instance? I know it's
0: not you know it's a it's a loaded question obviously yeah. I would say that if it was and then, then yeah you know what I mean then you' your, go off.
1: your scum scum move versus my scum move it's
0: yeah well I mean the old attitude they always taught you dilly when you were a kid is two wrongs so don't make a right take the high road I know it's hard to take a high road with a man on the like ice it's,
1: it's hard on the ice it's hard
0: it's very much so is hard, but, um, and I, you know what? I never reached anywhere near the NHL level of play myself, no. uh, but you know what? The levels I did play when things happened, you were, you got heated. But I oh, would yeah. say that if someone dropped something racial, I would almost say all bets are off, but at the same time, and this is going to sound really bad. I'm not trying to put it this way, but if something racial was set on the ice, then all eyes are on the person who is being called those things and how they respond, yeah,
1: Yeah, right? And how
0: they conduct themselves. You want to throw knocks. You want to go nuts like Troy Stetcher did on, uh, what's his nuts there over in uh, Anaheim on Zgris. That, that to me is what you do. You go crazy, you go ballistic. Um, You make it known what was said. You make it known it was inappropriate. Um, You know, spitting on them kind of takes a, you know, what that, if it was racially charged, that still should be a thing that is taken care of for sure. Yeah. But I'm it sure. takes away from what you will try to bring light to by yeah. spitting on the guy. I'm yeah, not no, saying no, it's I mean, what happened tonight. I don't know if that's no, what no,
1: no. That. I don't think it was either. It was just something that crossed my mind that like but obviously. Yeah, that too that long is a, you rate. know
0: it's a no-fly zone, so you don't do it. You don't yeah. say yeah. racial things on the ice and you don't like pull you don't that card like an asshole. So yeah, for me I look at it and say, you know, if you spit on someone because of that situation again, I think you're taking away from lighting that person up under a spotlight because yeah. it makes it more about what he said and what you did. If mm-hmm. you blow up on him in short fuse, that's, that's understandable. More... Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable because you should but yeah. spitting on a guy, again, it just it would take away from that. But that's not what happened tonight. Oh, no, no. Uh, what happened tonight was Keandre Miller spit on a guy, and just a despicable act. You don't do that, and I'm sure the book will be thrown at him, and you know, rightfully so. It doesn't matter who you are. I don't care if you're Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. It does not matter. You spit on someone. I think that's disgusting. Yeah. Do not do that, guys. Do not follow in that kind of footsteps. And you could see it on Keandre Miller's face. He was. He was beside himself for doing it. He's you could see that he's fucked like, oh shit, you know, I shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't yeah, have done that. Because now you're up. labeled, right? You're you're instantly labeled. You look at Brandon Lemieux, he's labeled too. You yeah. know, is he labeled as a biter? a greasy little fucker that does stupid shit like that, right? It yeah. follows you and it will follow you for a long time. Brad Marshan looking guys, right? That followed him yeah. forever.
1: PK PK doing that slew fit that one year. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, co- totally uncalled for. I don't think it was. Uh, he didn't look like he was upset at anything. But uh, regardless, it, it's uh, it's something I would probably get pretty amped up about somebody doing. Yeah, that.
0: for sure. All right. Well, let's turn it back to these guys right here, the blue and white, who had a game tonight. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, the Maple Leafs this week, Dylan. There was a guy that sat here in this chair last week and said they'd go three and zero said they'd go three and up and uh, I don't see him <laughs> I'll just take off my hat and tip it towards everyone uh yeah I had a feeling they would do well I did say that it would be a battle in a couple of the games but you know what they they played some playoff style hockey against the Minnesota Wild the Buffalo game that was just fun we got to talk about that on Wednesday night but uh it was just fun to see the Leafs finally pump them in Buffalo Um, You know, pumping six goals. The line with Ryan O'Reilly getting the hattie. Beauty. Mitch Miner looking good. Beauty. Um, You know, then you go into mini. And I'll say this about Minnesota, Dylan. The Minnesota game to me was a playoff style game. Minnesota's good on the PK. Good on the power play. They're defensive minded. They don't score a lot of goals. But they make sure they protect their net. And the Leafs were able to stay with a full game for and not get frustrated, not take dumb penalties, and shut it down, keep it 1-1, then get themselves to overtime. And, of course, Wee Willie walks off the wall, stripping the puck, and just puts it in. And if you haven't already, go listen to Bonesy's call on it. Beauty. Let's go. But then um, I want to know what you think, though. Like, this week, obviously, 3-0 is good. Sammy looking good. Yeah. You know, what do you what um, do you feel about the boys?
1: I know we'll talk about the game to, uh, that just happened uh, shortly. Um, the Buffalo game was not a surprise that O'Reilly was going to score. I didn't think he was going to score a hat trick, but uh, regardless, it was it was a beautiful game by him. Um, the Minnesota game, um, I've kind of noticed something about Minnesota, and I think it was brought up on. Uh, I think it was Steve Dangle's podcast. They are a team that is top on the power play and top on a penalty kill. But on on five-on-five, they struggle, and they struggle hard on on five-on-five. Now, I paid attention to the score today. I do believe there was two power play goals, both scored by Kirill Kaprizov and an OT winner scored by Kirill. He had a hattie today they just like they're they're the type of team that i i i know that they kind of lean on carrill a lot for the offense and they do have a little bit more of those younger guys coming up and providing that offense they don't, one of them. Yep. Of, they don't have a lot of kit guys to look at anymore that are going to score i is zuccarello still on their team i i think he is yeah zooks is their second biggest score on their team
0: and by the way uh You know, you talk about the Steve Dangle podcast, but, you know, there's a guy who dropped the prediction season video who mentioned all of those things about Minnesota in that video, saying, you know, five on five, the Leafs should be able to go to town here because Mm -hmm. Minnesota struggles in that regard. And they are top five on power play and they're Mm -hmm. top seven in the league on the penalty kill. So their special teams definitely are top echelon. And they rely on both of those to get them through games, as you just said
1: hundred percent. Yeah, no. And like, um, I like you see the moves that have been made these past couple trades and they, they're eating cap to take on some of these picks. Yeah. And I, like I, I can see them competing for a playoff spot, but I truly don't think that they're going to do a lot of damage, but they are how I see in the East. They're like the Islanders. They can try and beat you a few goals in the game and then play defensively, which I think is a great, like it's boring hockey sometimes, but it it is a, it is a great system to play sometimes if you don't have all the offense, like we do in the sense of our core four, core five.
0: Now I want to ask you a question here. The Toronto Maple Leafs this week, the power play has not been clicking for the Toronto Maple Leafs. uh, 0-1 0-1 tonight, not a lot of opportunity, obviously. 0-2 against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they got it going a little bit versus Buffalo. Um, you know, And for me, coming out of the all-star break, my thing was I wanted this team to pick up on the penalty kill. And I've been saying that in our group chats. This team is 12th or 13th in the league. They are climbing. They are going to get better. They are going to be cracking the top 10 if they haven't already because um, they are shutting teams down. They have not allowed a power play goal yet since returning from the All-Star break, which is amazing. It's a great feat, but you're about to go up against a team in the Edmonton Oilers that are going to try your merit with guys like Leon Draisaitl, Zach Hyman, and a guy named Connor McDavid. Uh, we'll get to the week that will be in a moment, but for me, I look at this team and say, okay, now the penalty kill is doing well, but the power play is regressing. One thing that I would like to see here is I would like Ryan O'Reilly placed on that first unit and maybe JT taken off, put Ryan O'Reilly in front of the net, or try to disperse the wealth between both power play units and just see what you can do to get something going. But that's just me. If the power play ain't working, you got to do something. You got to change it up a bit. And I think the Leafs are missing that Jason Spezza-esque kind of net front presence who would mm-hmm. battle a little bit. I know John Tavares is in the bumper position, but I think they need more of a battle well. there.
1: Yeah. No, uh what what's our first PP? Riley at the point, Willie Matthews, Tavares, Marner? Yep. So I think like I, I like and I know bunting battles in front of the net. Like I think he would he would accept, excel well, but I do believe I think like I do like having a right-handed shot on this side and a left-handed shot on this side. So I would say keep Mitchie here and Matthews here, put O'Reilly here, and if Bunting or uh, who the hell am I thinking, or a Kerfoot, I think Kerfoot could bat, like run around the back of the the net and move the puck to like the side guys, and then you take. Willie to the second, along with Tavares, and I think that could that could disperse the power play pretty well and the offense pretty well, and it would allow some of the minutes on the power play to be a little bit more even. Yeah, um, I don't know.
0: They're trying to do it the old the old school kind of way, like the Ovechkin way. Keep that first unit out there for almost a full two, and yeah. then have the other one eat up about forty five seconds. Which okay, I understand. But uh, eventually, like I said in our groups, we, you got to have your power play and your penalty kill going full steam, ready to go for the playoffs, and we will see what happens, you know, when we move forward. But the, the week that was, ladies and gentlemen, 3-0 and for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and, you know, they do create some separation now with the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is great. Um, you know, Tampa Bay getting pumped today. I'm just trying to pull up the standings here to, to give an accurate reading of where the wild card and everything is at. So now Toronto with 82 points and Tampa with 78, a four-point spread. Um, Tampa has one game in hand, but, uh, you know, the Leafs, if they want to keep this rolling in the way they need to, they need to make sure they keep banking these points when they matter the most. All right, that was the week that was. Folks, now the week that will be for the Toronto Maple Leafs, well, we have the Edmonton Oilers a nine o'clock start time, 10 o'clock out here. And then we have the Maple Leafs and the Flames right after that the next day, 10 o'clock start time. And then we have the Canucks on Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, regular 7 p.m. Eastern start time. So I'm looking at this week and I say, okay, Calgary is fighting for their playoff lives and things aren't going well in Calgary. That could be a game that you win and that may be Matt Murray's first start for the Maple Leafs in a long, long while as he is accompanying this team on the road trip and will probably be an option between the pipes. But I do have a little bit of uh theory here. So he hasn't been pulled off of LTIR yet. He hasn't been placed on the active roster. He is traveling with the team. I think you don't see Matt Murray until Saturday. At the earliest. And here's why. Because Friday is trade deadline day. The Maple Leafs want to make sure they have open cap. So if they want to be able to acquire a player, then they may be able to do so. So I think it depends on who starts in Calgary. That could be a winnable game for the Maple Leafs, whether it's Wool or whether it's Murray. But to me, I think the Leafs leave all of their options open to be able to make moves right up until the last moment and still be able to move Matt Murray back off of LTIR if they have to, or if they want to is what I should say. So for me, I look at these three games and I go, I say one, one and one. And I say the games, the Leafs win. Uh, It's going to be, they beat the Oilers. They go to uh, overtime with the flames and they lose on Saturday night to the Canucks. And why do I say that? Because Saturday will be a collective relief for the players on the roster. It'll be guys kind of uh, relaxing a little bit and realizing that they're here. There are also maybe new bodies in the lineup, new different things happening with the team, uh, depending on who comes in, who goes out. Uh, A lot of rumblings happening of who may leave the Maple Leafs. But Dylan, what do you have for this week? I got one, one, and one. I'm not as optimistic as I was last week.
1: So you said win against Edmonton or loss against Edmonton? Win
0: against Edmonton, OTL loss against the Flames, and then outright loss to the Canucks.
1: Um, I think an overtime loss against Edmonton. I think we're going to win against Calgary and win against Vancouver. So 2-0-1.
0: All
1: right, all right, all right. Dilly's going
0: 2-0-1. All right, folks, that's the week that will be. Make sure you drop your week that will be coming up here. All right, let's get into the GBU, the good, the bad, the ugly, brought to you by our friends over at Smitty Sports Cards, dropping all the beautiful rookies we give away every single hashtag prediction season video time. Um, So the good for me this week, the good is Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Shari paying dividends for the Toronto Maple Leafs, a trade that everyone said would be the the undoing of Kyle Dubas. Uh, the the badness. This trade was an overpayment by the Toronto Maple Leafs to get two guys who are physical. And by the way, the Leafs clicking at a seventy two percent faceoff rate since Ryan O'Reilly has joined the team. Seventy two percent of the times, the Maple Leafs are ending up with the puck on their stick. That is amazing. Hello, Ryan O'Reilly. Hello, Nola Shari. Dylan, what is your good for the week?
1: My good for the week is Giordano with the record of block shots with 2,045, I do believe so. I don't know if he had any more um, blocks after the one that broke See, I record. would have
0: figured you would have saved that for your bearded blue warrior.
1: Well, we can get to that later. But, uh, yeah, no, Gio was Put his body on the line for I don't know how long he's been in the league, but he's he's a true warrior. And for him to do what he is doing at thirty-nine years old, I do believe so, um, is is utterly amazing, man. Like he was he's come home to be closer to family, and he just loves it here. And he's taken on a bigger role when there was injuries this this year. And he just he he loves it here. I watched that uh, that special interview with Elliot Freeman and uh, Jeff Merrick, and um, I love every bit of him being here.
0: I fully agree with you. All right, so the bad this week, the bad is Matt Murray may be coming back, and I say that tongue in cheek because. We all want to see big moves here for the Maple Leafs. We want them to use that $4.4 million in cap space to bring somebody to this roster with impact, and they still may. But I say it as a tongue-in-cheek bad because we like what we're seeing from Sonar. And when Murray has been healthy, Sonar has not played at the same level. Oddly enough, without Murray nipping at his heels, or the fear of losing your crease to another incumbent number one, he's played a lot better. Some goalies like the pressure. It appears that Samsonov does not. So that, to me, is my bat this week, Dilly. Agree or disagree?
1: I would agree, but I do want to mention that we do currently have 5.17 in cap space, so there is a little bit of wiggle room if he does come back fully, but yes of course we would like to use all of it if at all possible if there is a move here though james i do see cab going out with the current roster
0: oh definitely i think there will be something and i do think there are moves to be had um then the the absolute ugly the ugly to me um really just comes down to the i said the blatant disrespect to kyle dubas and you know, the the overall brain trust of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They made a, a move that everyone was clamoring for in Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Shari, but it's just not the move, apparently, that should have been made, but it looks like the right one to me. And we're going to get to some crazy trades, you know, around the glass here uh, in a couple of moments. But, geez, the blatant disrespect to Kyle Dubas, who finally adds an impact trade to his resume with two guys that really helped fill out this roster... I mean, to me, that that that's just doesn't sit well.
1: I I truly think what Dubis has had to work with, and what he has done is amazing. Um, I think everybody is overhyped on the fact that they think we need a coveted another superstar. I want to apologize to every Leafs fan. But that is not possible. I'm sorry. Like, unless there was, like, obviously, Timo Meyer and that deal, that was 50% uh, retained. If we had to take on Timo Meyer at this point, I do believe we would have had to do another double retained. And yep. I, it, if I take a look at any Stanley Cup winning roster, they have the amount of superstars that we have on the roster right now. I do not care what anybody says. That is the amount of superstars, maximum that has been on a roster at a time when winning the Stanley Cup. We need the guys like Ryan O'Reilly and Nolichari to bring this group together. And I've I've listened to the interviews with Ryan O'Reilly, and he's like, "I love this freaking team. I uh, this this whole." Locker room is gelling well, and they have a great like head on their shoulders is basically what, what he's saying. But he understands, because he's been there, that there's a lot of work to do. He's there to guide them in the right direction and push them past that first round to get that haze out of their head. That is his job. nola job is to bring the force to the lineup, and boy, has he done that.
0: I well, definitely respect
1: is. I respect the move. I don't care what anybody says. There was people on Twitter today that were like, oh, that trade with Timo, what, what's it comparable to us? And it's like, like, maybe we don't need to move those guys for him right now. Maybe he won't be as impactful with us as we think he is. It's just everybody's immediately – there to pick up the next superstar when i like i truly i truly don't think that's what we need at this moment no it's
0: not all right well that is the gbu brought to you by spinny sports cards all right let's do a little around the glass a lot of trades breaking here so we're going to be uh we'll dive into some of these and see what we think overpay or good deal or bad deal whatever it is and then we'll get into the beard of blue warrior and wrap this old puppy up Get Dilly to bed, get me to bed, because there's a lot happening this week. All right, let's start with the uh, the biggest trade that there was, and that is uh, Shea Weber uh, moving here. <laughs> Maybe five years ago, that might have been a big trade. I want to say, though, and I agree with David Alter on this one, we need to retire the words future considerations. Uh, yep. Why can't you just say for cap relief? Why can't you just say traded for you know cap space? Or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Future yeah. considerations is stupid. Rachel Dory, by the way, go follow her over on TikTok. She was on the show a little while ago, but she made a pretty good video about it too. Future considerations could be a Christmas card, a piece of gum, a fruit basket. <laughs> hey,
1: thanks. A- thanks for helping us win this daily cup. Yeah, basically.
0: Here's a faux ring. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, but uh, there are one no of those ways. you get out of
1: the beer case. Yeah.
0: <laughs> One of those ones. <laughs> um, so we talked about the Ryan O'Reilly Noachari deer. Uh, but the other one was the Boston Bruins. I think it was a direct response to what yep. the Toronto Maple Leafs did. Adding Dimitri Orlov and Garnet Hathaway. I think Hathaway is great. Orlov, a lot of people had differing opinions on. But yep. you give up Craig Smith, who was a roster player. Yep. And this team, when, when you think about roster players, here's what Kyle Dubas was saying. For himself, he didn't want to break up any of the continuity that he had with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Did not want to touch anything off of his roster because everyone is in tune with one another and plays for one another. And the Boston Bruins are very much that way. The Boston way is a thing. So you take Craig Smith off that roster, then you peel off a first, second, and third round pick. I mean, I know Orlov brings some impact and Garnet Hathaway also does as well. But, excuse me for saying, a first, second, and third. That is a steep payment, my friend, to get those two players who... I don't think Hathaway's playing in your top six. He's playing in your bottom six. And I don't think Orlov is playing in your top pair. Probably maybe your second or third pair, depending on what way you want to deploy it. But holy smokes. That's a pretty juicy return for the Washington capitals for two guys that are pure ass rentals.
1: Yep. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think there? Do you think Boston overpaid? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I think I talked about this last week, if I'm not mistaken, I think Boston's D was already made, but I like, I mean, what Orlov brings, I guess is some physicality and I, and Hathaway does as well. But, um, i don't think a first second and a third plus smith is is uh is what what makes the trade even i think you know somebody you know more coveted like if it was an oshi like esque like rental i know he's not obviously at rental no, at i know point, what you're
0: getting at though yeah
1: a top six a top six player that i has won the stanley cup i think if if with Washington or with St. Louis, I think it was with Washington. Ooh, Osh to um, Osh
0: was with Washington. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh yeah. Like it would be that type of player that I would give up those assets for. That's just me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it's an overpay by the Boston Bruins. We'll stamp that one overpay, but you never know. It might pay off in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. Um, another trade here that I think is fair value. And I think it's fair value because the Winnipeg Jets were looking for someone with a little physicality and a little bit of a, a storm to them. So Al Nino comes into the Winnipeg Jets and uh, only cost them a second-round pick. And I don't think that's a huge overpay. He's a guy who can produce offensively, can be physical, um, You know, doesn't back down from a challenge, good on the wall, goes in the corners – Uh, Pretty much a guy that the Winnipeg Jets fans will love. And a second round pick, that's all it costs you. I don't think that's too steep, to be honest. No, I think
1: this is like the most realistic trade here. Like, if I'm thinking of NHL 23 trades, like that would go through like a no-brainer. Yeah, that would be a pretty
0: simple one right there. Uh, So we'll label that one for the Winnipeg Jets and the Nashville Predators as a, hey, both people came out with what they wanted. Nashville is probably on the rebuilding side of things or trying to retool on the fly and getting some picks for it. And uh, Nino Niederreiter obviously gets a new home. Um, we're not even going to talk about the Montreal and Dallas trade. I think that's just uh, a nothing burger to me. Both those players just needed a new home.
1: And well, the- it was also 50% retained.
0: Yeah. But I mean,
1: really, what is Dallas going to do? Dallas,
0: I don't think Dallas is doing much in my opinion. I,
1: I was really hoping Dallas did a little bit more. If I have a couple of couple of teams that I cheer for in the West, because the East, screw everybody out out here in the East. It's a battle with us. Yeah. Um, but Dallas and Minnesota are my my teams that I like to watch and pay attention to because they their young young players. And I, I I would like to see Dallas do something because I do believe they're battling at the top of the Central there. Um, but uh, they don't have a lot of cap space, so
0: no. I mean, again, to me, it's a, it's a nothing burger on the players. Yeah, the 50% retain is good. Uh, They end up saving. I think it was an extra an additional. On top of the 50%, $60,000 on the contract anyways. So, yeah. you know, they, they got a little bit more space to do something, but we'll see if there is something they can do. That uh, when,
1: has been everywhere over the past couple of years. Oh, ago. my
0: God. That guy's just been all over the map. Uh, a trade that does interest me, because it was a player that the Toronto Maple Leafs did get try. Uh, Throwing into the Ryan O'Reilly Olachari deal was Ivan Barbashev. Um, you know, I really wish the least maybe would have pushed a little bit further, but it's they did all right. try for
1: a third player. I heard.
0: Yeah, it was it was Ivan Barbashev. Uh, Elliot Freeman reported that it was. Yeah, uh, but it didn't happen. Uh, Zach Dean, uh, draft pick player. Um, you know, some people are high on him. Some people aren't high on him. It uh, really just a magic beans right now.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's what what. Zach Dean puts into it yep. into it. basically, you know, he, he has whatever he, he basically, it's up to him how well he does, I guess. And, you know, uh, if he's, I think he's a, he was a former first round.
0: He was a former first round player. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we'll, um, we'll see but, what happens there. But I mean, yeah.
0: obviously Vegas, uh, trying to add some, some, some players, some, some size, Mojo, some swagger to their team. And we'll see what happens. Um, Chicago Blackhawks send Jack Johnson back to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, that's a that's an absolute nothing burger trade. Um, you know, nothing going the other way. The other one that broke tonight was finally Timo time. Uh, our boy Lippy all excited now. Uh, Timo Meyer, Scott Harrington, Santeri, Hakakaka, uh, Timor, can't even say it, man. Zachary Amond and a fifth round pick. Go to the New Jersey Devils, Andreas Jansen, Shakir, Mukumondola, uh, yep. Nico Okiwick, Fabian Zetterland, uh 2023 first round pick, additional 2024 first round pick, and a 2024 seventh round pick going to the San Jose Sharks. I would say this is an even deal. Uh the Sharks get prospects, the Sharks get a roster player in Andreas Janssen. Uh, a couple of picks out of it so they get exactly what they asked for
1: the the second first rounder i think it when you look at this makes up for holtz not being in this deal yep um fully conditional though i think it's it it's top two protected and if they decide to they can uh make it a 25th if if they so please and if they make it to the eastern conference finals this year or next year it it becomes something or whatever i don't know And he, uh timo has to pay fit, play 50 percent of the games in the playoffs yep.
0: so i mean congratulations new jersey devil fans you got yourself a solid player uh who will probably be with the organization for a little while um the next big trade is uh between philly and nashville um future considerations comes up again and Isaac Ratcliffe is going to the Nashville Predators. Uh, That trade happening around 11.30 p.m., uh, one that just came through. But the most overpaid trade of the day, to me, so far anyways, we'll see what else shakes out this week, has to be the knee-jerk reaction, maybe panic, from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tanner Janot has five goals and nine assists this season. That's it in 54 games. He hits like a Mack truck. That's great. But when you give up, young defenseman in Cal Foot that you used last year in the playoffs against these very Maple Leafs you're going to face, a fifth-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a third-round pick, a second-round pick, and a first-round pick. For a guy that has popped off literally in one season, that's it. And showing you that this season, maybe last season, was a anomaly. Because the season before that looks a lot like this one. And that season in the middle may be the outlier, but you just spent the 2025 first round pick, 24, 23, 23, 23 pick. What else are you gonna spend for on your roster here? When you don't have a lot of cap space, I understand that really you were over a barrel here. But excuse me, Tanner's, you know, I mean, maybe you'll make me eat my words, isn't worth the bounty that they just paid. And the Maple Leafs didn't even pay that much for Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Shari. And both of those players also do what? They hit. Like Mack trucks, we saw it tonight with Nola Cherry.
1: Yeah. So, um,
0: where does this one rank for you, Dilly? Because to me, I'm hanging this one on the overpayment by a mile hook. Just total
1: my o- total overpayment. If you didn't catch the game today, Tampa lost seven to two, seven to three against Pittsburgh, who has been on a terrible run lately. Crosby got kicked out of a game for the first time we won't even talk about that but like your defense was crap that game and you just gave up a roster defenseman for another forward
0: Listen I know that uh, Tampa Bay loves loves to put together their third and fourth lines you know we look at the Blake Coleman's the Barclay Goodrows you look at the the uh, Nick Pauls you look at these guys that come in and you know perform Basic miracles, I guess, on that bottom six. Man, I hope Tanner Janot stops a whole lot of maple leafs
1: by hitting them. I really do. Yeah, yes, he can he can hit. But can he outskate anybody in our bottom six?
0: I don't know. Nuts now, especially with guys like Ingwall finally taking a little bit of a stride, Kerfoot's fleet of foot, Nola Chari's fleet of foot, and hits. Ryan O'Reilly, not too shabby, whoever you want to move down. But for me, you pay that much for Tanner you know, I hope he brings a whole lot for you. I really do. Because if this is your signature move, this trade deadline, holy Hannah.
1: Holy I'm just spoilers. gonna say, if you guys don't, if you guys don't survive, I got a song for you. I'm not saying it now. I will only say it at the end. But let me tell you. Those boys are going to be tired, and if he's the one that brings the energy to that lineup, so be it.
0: Listen, that may be the one thing there is, but I'll say this. I believe the Maple Leafs are not done, and I believe a couple of these trades in the Atlantic Division have been reactionary 100% to what the Leafs have done. And these moves are clicking for the Maple Leafs, by the way, who are on a three-game win streak. And by the way, I think it's what – Points and now seven of their last six, six yep. of their last seven, something like that. Sorry. Um, pardon the tiredness, but yes, the maple leafs are rolling, and we're looking at teams doling out picks. Like, I don't I still don't get it. Maybe I'm missing something to the Tanner Janot puzzle. Maybe he gets down there and he definitely gets going. But I'll tell you one thing about Gino going to Tampa. He's definitely gonna get a lot more Tanner. went there, went there. But listen, this week for Offside, before we get into the Bearded Blue Warrior, is probably going to be helter-skelter, busy. Whenever we can have people on to talk to them, we will sit down and get it done. I know tomorrow night myself and Pete will be sitting down with Leafs beat reporter Terry Koshan talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs and, you know, just the vibe around this squad, which is vibing right now. But for tonight, we are going to get into our Bearded Blue Warrior Warrior. segment by our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. It is how we close out every single Leafs Weekender. And I want to know, Dylan, who is your Bearded
1: Blue Warrior? My Bearded Blue Warrior is... Austin freaking Matthews for putting a puck in the net. He's on a roll. That If he gets going, watch out. Watch the F out. All right. Well, we we, we focus a lot on these bearded blue warriors
0: about something with the Maple Leafs. I'm going to talk about a 29-year-old who hung up the skates after winning the Calder Cup last year. And then got a phone call and decided to keep on playing. Went to Rockford. And then just popped off. I think it's 50 points in 54 games. Signed his NHL deal and came in to play for the Chicago Blackhawks. None other than David Gust. At 29 years old, getting to jump into the NHL. Thought the dream was dead. My friend, it is not. You persevered. You got the opportunity Tip of the cap to the Blackhawks for bringing you in. I am very happy to say my bearded blue warrior is 29 year old rookie David Gust. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that right there is offside hockey talk where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk.